The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hey guys, this is Lo, and this is a brand new episode of I Love Wellness. Very excited to have Arielle Laurie on the show today. She is the host of the Blonde Files podcast. I was just on her show a few weeks ago, and she is an incredible lifestyle, wellness, and health influencer. So welcome to I Love Wellness. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. How are you? I'm good. I was just telling you before we started that I'm a little overwhelmed. So I feel like um, trying to switch gears from like school and into this, you know, it's something that I'm still trying to figure out. But I know, you know, I, I record at least one podcast a week, sometimes two or three, just depending on my schedule. And it, it always really is a dynamic shift for me as well to go from working product development, Zoom calls, finance calls to, all right, I'm going to interview somebody now. So it always takes me, like, I, I love doing the podcast, especially when I'm like actually talking to people. It's really fun, but I do have to sort of like gear up for it a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm the exact same way. And it's funny because when you came on my show, I think after, I don't think we recorded this part, but you were like, I need to go like lie down on the floor now. And I was like, that's how I feel too. It's like a different part of your brain. And when you're kind of jumping from one thing to another, and then you switch into this part of your brain, it's just, I don't know. And I think the Zoom aspect of it too, on top of it, just makes it a little bit more like draining in a way. Yeah. I know what you mean because we we already sit on Zoom all day. And so it's like, how how should my brain manage this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw some article about like Zoom fatigue. I don't know if you get that, but it's crazy. It's crazy. I'll do like Zoom therapy, which is an hour. And I mean, I feel that way. Like, I feel like I need to go curl up in a fetal position. I did that years ago because my, my therapist that I used to see was in um, Orange County, close to my parents' house. And I was living in New York. I'm still living in New York, but, um, you know, we would do... Uh, we would do therapy over FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. And it was the added element of the computer was so so exhausting. I don't know why. (laughs) I think like probably the blue light and then the fact that you're kind of seeing yourself, which like adds kind of an extra distraction, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's totally possible. Well, okay. So you're doing calculus right now. I mean, when you told me about your shift, um, you know, to go back to school when we were chatting, I was so impressed. So maybe can you just give like the 60 second bio on yourself and kind of like what you're working on right now or like what you're turning to? Okay. 60 seconds. I'm not good with brevity. So (laughs) basically quick version is, um, I was a hot mess for most of my life. I got sober at the age of 28 after nearly dying from drug and alcohol addiction. So everything prior to 28 years old was just kind of a shit show. (laughs) I was aimless. Um, you know, I really had no purpose in life. So I got sober and um, a couple years into it, I started this Instagram account where I was kind of documenting my health journey. And um, and I did that for like three, four years. And you and I kind of talked about like getting disillusioned with being a quote unquote content creator. I just felt like there were things that I really wanted to do. And um, when I got sober, I thought about going back to school, but I was like, no, if I get like successful and a certain amount of money and if I get married and, and my life looks like this, then like I won't need to go to school. And I feel like I kind of accomplished 
those things and it's still really nagged at me, you know, and, and on the podcast, I get to talk to so many amazing experts and there are so many, um, I don't know, I just am so inspired by so many people in the wellness space. And I was like, well, I, I can do that. So um, long story short, I am trying to finish my undergrad and I never finished it. I dropped out when I was like 20. And, um, you know, the goal right now is to go on to grad school in the life sciences, whether that's like dietetics or medicine. I don't know. I try not to think too far ahead because it's overwhelming. I understand. Um, well, congratulations um, on all of the shifts, right? I think your story is really, really inspiring to me. And gosh, yeah, when you told me you were going back to school last time we chatted, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> There's no way I don't think that I could go back to school at this point. Um, my brain just doesn't work that way anymore. You know, it's been really interesting because I found that after having, you know, six years or so kind of out in the real world, building a business, um, working for myself, which really helped me develop a, a strong work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like the work is hard, but having those life skills that you get in adulthood really, really helps. Yeah. It really helps. So like it's it's a lot, but it's also manageable. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Uh, yeah, when I was uh, in high school, I def- definitely did not have the time management skills that I do now. But. Right. Yeah. And when I was younger, like my huge issue with school was that it was kind of an obstacle in the way of my social life and my partying. So you know, now that aspect is eliminated and like, I'm not going out every night and getting home at three, four in the morning. And like, I mean, especially right now, I don't leave my house. So (laughs) there's time to like fit it all in. Yeah, I understand. You've been so open um, about your struggle with addiction. I'd kind of love to hear more about that journey and how you got to where you are today, because it's truly inspiring. You know, did you go through like a rehabilitation rehabilitation program? Did you get clean on your own? I'm, I'm so curious. I went through many rehabilitation programs. Um, I went to my first rehab when I was like 20. So I started drinking in high school, like senior, junior, senior year. I wasn't super, super young. You know, I was just doing what we all kind of do in high school. And not long after that, I found cocaine and um, that combination really worked for me because I was that girl that was drinking and blacking out and like could not handle my alcohol and uh, and I couldn't understand why. I felt like I was doing the same thing that my friends were doing and I was just this mess and so I found drugs and that kind of helped me like balance it, I guess. And I had consequences from the beginning. Like I would wake up in the hospital. I would wake up in my car on the other side of the state, not knowing how I got there, you know, blackout all the time. It was just bad. So I went to treatment when I was 20. At that point, I had just been getting started. You know, I felt like I was doing what my friends were doing. I had gotten a DUI. So I felt like I got caught. And that was my problem. The problem was that I I got caught. Yeah. And basically what followed from 20 to 28 were like, just these kind of fruitless attempts to get my life together. Like I felt like if I could get back in school and get a job and be in a relationship and all these external things that the drinking and the drug use would kind of like work itself out, but I couldn't function without them. You know, it was, 
I was using these external things to treat an internal problem. You know, I felt uncomfortable. I felt like diseased all the time. And, um, and, you know, I was kind of accruing all this trauma through my drinking and drug use and all of that. So it just was like this endless cycle. And I would end up going to treatment every few years and I would get out and I would get go right back to what I was doing. I mean, I am the kind of person who has to hit like the absolute rock bottom in order to make any kind of changes. So by the end of it, I was living in West Hollywood. My boyfriend had moved out because he was like, that ship is sinking and I don't want to be part of this. Mm -hmm. And when he moved out, like I just kind of gave up. I mean, I was, I don't really remember much of it, but I was pretty much in like a three month blackout where I was drinking till I passed out. I would come to have a seizure, drink more, come to, there were drugs involved. Um, the police came and had to like break through my window and take me to the hospital because I was unresponsive. And my family was like, okay, this is it. Like they had helped me so many times before and they said they weren't going to do it again, but they just had that feeling like if we don't do something, she's going to die. And so they came across the country and they showed up at my door and I dropped and had a grand mal seizure like when they, when they showed up and, um, I went to the hospital and that was it. And I went to treatment after that. And, you know, I think I just, everyone's rock bottom is different. And in that moment, like I knew without a sliver of doubt that my life can't involve alcohol or drugs. Like I just can't do it. You know, before that I had been in denial and I thought that I was just doing it wrong. And like, and that, you know, if I got the job, if I got the car, if I got the apartment, if I got the relationship, then, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink like I did. So everyone asks me like, what was different about the last time? And I really think that I had just hit my bottom and everybody is different. Yeah. It's really interesting to hear your story. And I think everybody's biology is different. You know what I mean? And so your, um, you know, susceptibility or, you know, whatever it is that makes you who you are, right? Which is like beautiful and wonderful in some ways and probably makes you uncomfortable in other ways. Everybody has that, right? Um, uh, you know, it's just interesting how we are built and our biologies are different and our brains are different. And, you know, with some stuff like this, it's 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 not really like within your control or your, your power, you know what I mean? Um, and so I think when people talk about addiction being a disease, I mean, it is absolutely to a T correct. Yeah. And it's a progressive terminal disease in the same way that something like cancer is, I believe. And yeah, I I mean, people also ask me if I think it's like genetic or environmental. And I think there are a few components to it, although I don't have it anywhere in my family, you know, and like to your point, I mean, I am a highly sensitive person. And I think when I was younger, I didn't know how to deal with that. And so when I found alcohol, it was like, oh, it took away all of those feelings of like fear and self-consciousness and anxiety and sensitivity and just everything felt magnified at that age and alcohol kind of numbed it. Mm -hmm. It became my solution to life when I was like 16, 17 years old. And, and that became my coping mechanism. I totally understand. I'd like to kind of switch the conversation to sort of a wellness conversation because I know that you have suffered from some gut and hormone issues and PCOS, and you have really kind of changed your eating habits and your whole lifestyle. So when did this journey start for you? Did it kind of begin when you were 
working on your addiction and you made decisions to make lifestyle changes like broad lifestyle changes or um, were these kind of like separate things that you were also managing at the same time? So they were pretty separate. Um, Like I said, I got sober six and a half years ago and the first like year and a half, two years of that were really focused on like rebuilding my life. I mean, when I got sober, I had nothing, no car, no apartment, no job, no money, nothing. I was living in sober living and I had to rebuild. And a lot of that was focusing on like my mental well-being and my recovery and building a foundation in that. And so a couple years into it, I felt like um, I just felt kind of uncomfortable in my body. I mean, I've always been petite and I don't love talking about the weight aspect of it anymore. But at that time, like I had gone from being really thin and emaciated when I was using to being healthy, but I just felt like my body had kind of gotten away from me. So I was like, okay, my life is going well right now. Everything's in order. And so now I want to add in this physical component and try to get in shape. And that's when I started my Instagram account. I started doing BBG, which is like an online workout program. It was huge at the time. And there were so many women who were doing it. And you were encouraged to start an Instagram account for accountability and connect with women in your area and like build community, all of that. So I started the account anonymously. And um, I had no idea at that time what it meant to be like healthy. You know, I just was like, I just, I need abs. Like when I get abs, I will be healthy and happy and all of that. And I didn't know about gut health. I didn't know about hormones. I mean, I kind of like, I don't know. It's like waking up from, you know, a 10 year blackout. Like it just was never on my radar. This stuff has not been on many people's radar for very long. So I would not say like you're the odd man out. People are still have no fucking clue about their health. That's true. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I started that account and I was like, okay, I'm going to work out. And along the way somewhere, I started being aware of the fact that like my body wasn't really functioning optimally, we'll say, you know, missing periods, um, terrible bloating, terrible nausea, terrible GI symptoms. And Um, my solution at that time was like, okay, I'm going to go to a gastroenterologist because I'm having like GI problems. And we did all kinds of testing, all kinds of meds for like a year. I ended up uh, going on a steroid for three years for my gut issues, which really messed with my body and my hormones. Um, And, you know, it, it treated the symptoms, but it didn't treat the root cause. So I still felt like crap all the time. I just wasn't having these like acute symptoms. And so eventually I found my way to a kind of holistic nutritionist. And that's when I started learning about the gut and about food and food sensitivities and, you know, pathogens and all of that. And it was really amazing to me because we did testing and we found that I had like a parasite. I had some sort of bacterial overgrowth. I had yeast overgrowth, all the things that you can imagine. I've had that same exact report. It's like you have this, this, and this, this, and this. You're like, well, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. And I also was doing food diaries and we were trying to see like what I was eating that was making me feel bad because I would feel okay when I woke up. And then after 10 o'clock, I would be like, I need to go. Like I have to go to sleep. I mean, I was so fatigued and So I learned about like eliminating certain foods that I was sensitive to, all of that. And it was amazing because I went on some supplements that were specific to what I was going through at the time. And within like a few weeks, I was 
almost a hundred percent better, which was crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people always ask me like what I did then and they want me to be really specific. And I really try to like shy away from that because what I did then is not what I do now. And it wasn't like it just cured me. I mean, I'm sure as you know, because you've had issues too, like progress isn't linear and it doesn't mean that you're just a hundred percent better for the rest of your life. I mean, I've gotten better and then I've regressed and then I've gotten better and then I've, you know, taken a few steps back and um, I really had to learn like how to be patient with my body. But I also, you know, I learned how interconnected hormones and gut issues are. And so I've been diagnosed with PCOS, but I also realized that like with all these gut issues, my body is under attack 24 seven. Yeah. I mean, there's no silver bullet or magic bullet for anybody with any of this stuff. Right. And I appreciate what you say about, um, the concept of healing, not being, not being linear, because I would say that is totally on the nose. And I mean, we're in the supplements business here at love wellness and we make products that we, love and we believe in and they work for a lot of people but they don't work for everybody or they work for a period of time and then you have to kind of change it up again and i think that there is kind of a lack of awareness when it comes to that type of stuff you assume oh if i drink this much water every single day or you know if i take this every single day i'm going to be forever cured from this thing right but I think what people fail to recognize and remember is that as human beings, we're constantly exposed to these environmental elements through food, you know, pollution, chemicals, and all of the stuff that we're using. It's like we're fighting a constant battle. And, you know, the things that are happening within you are kind of shifting to a certain degree at the same time and responding to the stuff that you come into contact with. And so you can feel really great for a couple of weeks and then you take a step back or you take a step sideways or it changes and then you can start feeling better again. Um, the gut thing for me personally was such a huge part of my personal journey back to health. And like I was saying, I had the same things like leaky gut, candida, all of this stuff. And, you know, it's interesting because we've been um, doing a lot of research into like cleanses and detoxes lately in our product development. And pretty much every cleanse on the market right now helps to take toxins out of the cells, but it doesn't do anything for like your liver or then your leaky gut or like the digestive process to actually help eliminate those toxins. And so that's why so many um, cleanses make you feel awful because like you're pulling toxins out of the cells, but if the liver can't, uh, go through phase one and phase phase two of metabolizing them properly, then it just goes right back into your bloodstream and you feel like shit. (laughs) So, I mean, there's so many different elements to healing and to getting better. And it's, there's still so much misinformation out there or not enough information out there. And people assume that what works for you is going to work for them. But like, we can't look inside each other's bodies and be like, oh, well, you have a parasite and you have this and you have this and you have this. And so it truly is this individual journey where with, you know, safe doctor approved ingredients, you kind of have to be your own guinea pig to a certain degree Mm -hmm. to, to see what works for you. If you make the choice to approach it from a, you know, homeopathic perspective, which is 
very different from Western medicine. In Western medicine, you treat the symptom, not the cause. And um, when you take a homeopathic approach, you're looking for that root cause of the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, for me, one of the biggest factors in my healing and in my regression is stress. Mm. And it's like the stress of day-to-day work, school, relationships, whatever, but it's also, and I'm not woo-woo, but I really believe in this. It's also like old trauma and old wounds. And, um, you know, those really, because I'm so sensitive, that stuff really manifests and it always manifests as gut issues, (laughs) which is unfortunate. I, I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, stress for me, like, my God, when I was, like, really depressed and anxious a few years ago, stress was, like, the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it made it so much worse. It makes your hormones go wild. You feel awful. Yeah, stress is, stress is a killer, for sure. Stress is, like, a cause of disease, cause of illness. It just, it, it can fuck up your life. One of the things I've been working on the most over the past few years is how to manage stress. And it has required a just perspective change and, Mm. you know, thinking about my position, you know, in this world on this earth and like, what do you take seriously and what's important and what's really not important, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Truly trying to decide for yourself, you know, what you care about and what you don't really need to care about so much. Um, So what is your, what is your current approach to health and wellness? My current approach is actually probably the most kind of relaxed it's ever been. So like I was saying, when I started, I mean, when I started this whole journey, I was like very rigid with my exercise. And I was like, I have to exercise six days a week in high intensity and then go do my lists, you know, mm-hmm. low intensity, steady. Um, and I was very regimented in that way. And I didn't know how to listen to my body. And, I, and it was like that one size fits all thing. I was looking at what everybody else was doing. And I was like, that's what I need to do. And then when I started with my gut healing journey, it was kind of similar. It kind of had to be, you know, I had to avoid a lot of foods. It was corn, soy, grains, eggs, sugar, gluten, dairy, I mean, all of the things. And, um, and I ate that way for a while. And now you know, I've, I've kind of experienced back to the stress thing that being really regimented just makes me stressed out. And if I'm stressed out around eating, I'm going to have, you know, digestive issues. And if I'm stressed out about my exercise, it's just going to make my body exhausted. And so I've learned to really kind of tune in to my energy and what my body needs every day. Meditation has been a huge part of that. And I've learned to just kind of like slow down and take it day by day and um so some days i'm like i wake up and i have tons of energy and i'm i go do a hit workout and i want to eat super clean and you know and then other days i don't have the energy to do anything and um and i'll meditate or something and like go for a walk and i try not to be um too crazy about like my dietary restrictions i don't eat gluten and dairy because they bother me but when I was in New York, I went to Lilia and I had so much pasta with like butter and cheese and everything. And I was like, yes. And you know what? Like I didn't explode, you know, like we'll be okay. Um, so I've tried to kind of adopt like a, a kinder, gentler approach. Yeah. Same. Having a plan makes me feel safe and good. Right. But the plan can also 
create a lot of stress and anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. and like not uh, self hate, but just, you know, you're always worried about the plan. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a total perfectionist, which is like not a good thing. And if I don't adhere to my plan a hundred percent, like then, you know, I, I get into a negative place and I put so much pressure on myself. So it's better for me to just like slow down. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you've really been able to find freedom and peace within yourself. What has helped you get to this point? I don't know. I think there are a few things. Definitely my recovery. And, you know, I don't talk about it publicly, but like being in a recovery program and really peeling back the layers, finding out what makes me me, finding out what made me the way I was and how I can improve who I am. And, um, you know, I learned a lot about myself and I got, I gained a lot of self-esteem through getting sober and through a fellowship with other people who are sober and trying to help people in that way and making that like my primary purpose. Um, And then on top of that, like, which we talked up on, sorry, talked about on my episode was transcendental meditation. Yes. Game changer. I mean, that brings me the most peace and clarity and comfort with myself and the world around me and direction and just all of the good things that you could think of. I get from meditation and I don't know, I think having the experience of going through what I did and being so close to dying and being so miserable for so many years, I just kind of have this attitude now that like, I don't want to waste time. I want to do everything that everything that I want to do, everything that's possible, you know, like the possibilities are endless and I know that I'm capable and I know that I can work hard. And um, it just gave me a kind of unique perspective, I think, having that experience. Yeah, I love that. Um, All right. I have two last questions and I ask them to everybody. So the first is what is your secret ritual? This is something that you do that makes you feel happy and helps you unwind, but you do it in secret. Um, what is my, you know what I keep thinking of? Did you watch Sex in the City? I did. SSB, secret single behavior. Yes. <laughs> when uh, Charlotte is looking at her pores every night, that's what inspired this question. That's great. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm trying to think of what my SSB is. I do this every night. I'm a huge dessert person. I never had a sweet tooth till I got sober. And now it's like the highlight of my day. Um, so, and I usually like, I go down to the kitchen and I stand there and I eat it by myself and I really savor it. And then I go up and I take a bath and read. And it's, so it's like part of my ritual. I love that. That sounds like a, that sounds like a great ritual. I love that. <laughs> the next question is, what is one thing that you do now that you wish you had learned earlier meditation for sure meditation yeah such a game changer um cool well thank you so much to my guest arielle laurie this is i love wellness please don't forget to subscribe share rate and review the podcast means so much to me and the whole team at love wellness thanks again guys bye